Welcome to the Quiet Out Loud podcast. I am Jennifer Mock, and I am so happy that you are here today listening, watching, or reading. Uh, Today's episode is going to be a little bit different, and I'm so excited for this change up. I'm going to spend a few minutes here just kind of laying the groundwork today for what to expect, expect, because it will be different. Um, Today, I have a friend with me, Mercedes Rivera. Welcome, Mercedes. Hello. Thanks for Um, having me. You're so welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Um, Mercedes is someone that I have become acquainted with through social media over the last six months or so. It was before Christmas. Yeah. Okay. So before <laughs> Christmas and, um, she quickly became one of my top sources for news. So if you're like me and you don't watch the news, but you get kind of your news information from social media, uh, Mercedes does a daily weekly breakdown of top news and culture stories. And I just really love the way that she produces these because I have a very short attention span and she does a great job of presenting information in kind of a bite-sized digestible fashion. Um, And so she is very knowledgeable about what's going on in the world, very analytical, and she really pursues truth, all of which is very hard to come by nowadays, it seems like, and I greatly appreciate. So I'm going to give Miss Sadie an opportunity to introduce herself in just a second. But I do want to say this is not going to be an interview of Miss Sadie or anything like that. This is really going to be co-host slash conversational episode. And we're going to take a current circulating topic from culture and really just talk about it and discuss it and kind of break it down and process through it, similar to what you would do if you were chatting with a friend. And hopefully this leaves you uh, with some thoughts and language to help you do the same in your real life conversations. So Miss Sadie, would you like to take a minute to just introduce yourself? Well, I mean, you did such a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Um, the I, I'm glad what you had to say about like the news bites and how you receive and everything. Like, that's like totally the mission and why I put it out. Like I have my own personal biases, like we all do, but I really do make an earnest effort and I try and hold myself accountable to make sure that I'm saying like it's not this is not the only answer the only message, you know, we need to look over here too, so we can have be balanced and informed. So that is good to know. I'm, uh, it was kind of like a, what do you call it? Like a focus group kind of like feedback thing. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I do that on my Instagram stories every morning, some short, um, kind of like, uh, snippets of highlight or I'm sorry, headlines. And then if there's like a big story going on, I will do like a much more bigger feature on my Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. And then on Fridays, I have a Substack newsletter that goes out every Friday, most like 90% of the time. <laughs> I give myself a little bit of grace because this is a one woman show uh, where I give like all of the top stories and a breakdown of all the top stories of that week. Mm -hmm. And then if there's like one particular story that I think really needs like a deep dive, I will do a single dedicated article on that. Um, that will eventually turn over to, uh, being a subscriber only. Like it's going to be like a benefit of, you know, any kind of supporting or paid subscribers. Sure. But that's like down the road. So that's what I do most of the time. Um, but yeah, so Jen and I, I don't even remember how we initially got connected. I don't know. I think I reached out to you or something and we ended up, I've been doing some kind of content creation for over like a decade now because I was doing food blogging before I started 
opening my mouth publicly about my views <laughs> and ruffling feathers, which then led to less work in my food blogging. Um, <laughs> shocker. Consequences. So, um, we were having just like techie conversations about social media and how to manage like a platform and things like that. And they would leak into like philosophical, cultural conversations. And then like an hour and a half later, we're like, we're still on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sadie and I have jumped on Zoom a couple of times just to chat. And she's been so helpful to me with the podcast, very generous with help and information um, and has not been a gatekeeper, which I feel like I see a lot in social media right now. Um, and I'm not going to go on a tangent on this, but <laughs> just a lot of gatekeeping where you can't ask someone a question without them being like, well, you can buy my course on that. Or, you know, it's, it's just like, come on. I, I just have a small question. Miss Adia has been amazing for helping me get my podcast set up and going and allowing me to ask questions and to help me. But yes, I would call, I would ask her a question and then we would be, you know, I'd ask her a business question basically. And then we would be on the phone talking about, you know, uh, gender and marriage and religion and politics and all these things. And the conversations were really, well, we feel like they're really good. So, um, (laughs) really we should record these. So that's kind of how we got this idea going was, hey, we're enjoying having these conversations and feel like we have, uh, you know, good things to say. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we, maybe other people would like to to kind of listen in. Kind of so, eavesdrop in on the conversations. Yeah. So we're giving so, it, we figured we'd give it a go. <laughs> yeah. So um, everyone, I think, knows where I stand in terms of, you know, I don't really care if people know where I stand politically. It's not that big of a deal to me, but like, Politically, religiously, like people, I think, kind of know where I'm coming from. So tell us a little bit about that with you. Like, what's your... Yeah, I would describe myself... I mean, politically, I I personally am a conservative. I'm a Christian. Um, and so that, of course, you know, dictates a lot of how I live my life and what I believe. But I always tell people that I am conservative first with libertarian tendencies mm-hmm. in regards to I like I do not want the government getting in my business um and I don't want to give them the power like I'm a very f- like forward thinking person in the sense of you know yeah something might be beneficial to me in the moment but then how can it be used against against me you later down yeah. the road you know mm-hmm. what I mean and and when you always kind of have that in mind you end up focusing more on keeping things as small and as um, out of your business as possible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of times um, that's, you know, when it's regards to politics and policy, I tend to be a little bit more libertarian, but I put an asterisk on that because libertarians are like, I mean, like a hardcore libertarian is, you know, just a few steps from an anarchist, you know what I mean? Right. And I'm not, I'm not there. Um, you know, I, I really base everything not only on my personal beliefs and my faith, but also on the idea of the inalienable rights that were given to us. You know what I mean? Right. And so there's a whole, and this is a whole conversation for another day, but it's like the whole idea of positive negative rights. Mm -hmm. So there's a positive, there's the rights that you innately have. And then like this whole idea of like housing is a right. 
well, uh, but then you have to take other people's property in order to do that. So right. is it, you know what I mean? So that's right. like kind of like an idea that will give you, will give you an idea of kind of where I stand. Sure. So, awesome. but I do try to be, I have a legal background. So mm-hmm. I have like a very much of a argumentative devil's advocate tendency. So yeah. A lot of I wanted to be a lawyer. I don't think I've ever even told you that before after all these conversations when I was younger, because I would argue so much with anybody and everybody, I guess. But my, my, I mean, I, you know, I, of course was the child whose parents were like, you would argue with a fence post. So, um, you know, arguing for the sake of arguing. And so I thought I wanted to be a lawyer for a while simply because of that. But, and so I totally can relate to the devil's advocate mindset. Um, I argue with myself in my head, but I think that makes, I think it makes you a good, um, apologetics, you know, person, because you are taking their art. What are they going to say back to me? And how would I, it's a chess game in your head. Like, what are they going to say back to me? And how would I answer that before getting yourself even into that situation? And not only, um, I think confirms your own beliefs of, you know, is this what I truly believe? And can I walk through that? Um, but also helps you practice for when these conversations come up in which inevitably in real life. it's part yeah. of like every day nowadays, which I yeah. think is a lot of, you know, when people don't feel equipped with enough information or really exactly how to say it, then they will tend to self-censor, which right. I think is, you know, especially now is just even worse with everything that's going on. So I am hoping that with these conversations, people will be like, oh, you know, this is how I could word that or think about that or phrase it for sure. Um, so today, okay. I, I, I think I've said this in every single episode that I've recorded in that the topic that we're going to talk about today is really large and broad and feels like it's growing even at the moment. So today we're going to talk about the topic of drag. And I just am a little bit flummoxed that drag is a mainstream conversation (laughs) at the moment. I mean, just because it's really, um, you know, I I know growing up for me anyways, drag was something that was not, uh, not something people talked about, I guess. And it wasn't even thought about, I mean, it was adult entertainment that happened, I don't know, in bars and, and whatever. So, Um, I recently made a reel or TikTok video, whichever same video on both platforms and, um, talking about this idea that, so when I, when I post a TikTok, I get a lot of, I'll call it church hurt hate, meaning people who, um, have feel like they've been hurt by the church and I'm responsible for that hurt or I'm not holding the church accountable for this hurt that they've experienced. Well, you're a representation. I'm a representation of the church. Therefore they come at me for all of their, um, complaints and woes about the church. And so, um, I made a video about how, you know, going back and forth two people, my, one of my little skits, and we can post it in the comments too, but about how there's a group of people who would feel safer taking their kids to a drag show than they would feel taking their kids to church. Let's say that the rate of, um, child of, of their child being abused 
by the church is higher than their child being abused in kind of the world of drag, if you want to say it like that. Mm-hmm. And um, on TikTok, the audience reaction has been, um, of course, like they agree. They're like, you know, I, I'm setting it up in terms a little bit of the um, the character who's willing to take their kid to drag. I'm setting it up more just to kind of point out their their hypocrisy, although I am pointing out the hypocrisy on both sides. And so that's kind of been the reaction is they're in agreement with the, with the person who's, who's taking their kid to the drag show. They're like, Oh, we agree with that person. And, um, they are safer there. And don't you also realize that you're calling out the church hypocrisy? Like, how can you do that as, and I'm like, isn't this what you want me to do? Like, I thought you wanted me to call, like, I'm not into complete, it, I'm, I'm a little bit offended in that, not that they're against, I'm a little bit offended that they think I don't know that. Do you think I didn't know that I'm also calling out some of the, I do think there's hypocrisy. Well, I mean, the, the idea church. is that you're so clueless and, and brainwashed that you right. should be blind yeah. to the very thing that you're pointing out. And, and I think for me, like that is the whole irony of the whole of, of the entire conversation and dynamic is that you have people on both sides who are just what you just said. They're blinded to what might be happening in their own, um, circle. I don't want to say circle, but, um, you know, in their own people groups, I guess, if that makes sense, their community, community. yeah, community (laughs) is the right word for it. Um, and so I do think there's hypocrisies on both sides, but what I would say is that on the, for one, on the church side is that, um, nobody's taking their child to church with the intent. And I say this with a grain of salt because we can get into this, but generally speaking, (laughs) no one is taking their child to church. (laughs) The majority, the grand, grand majority. It's crazy out there (laughs) with the intent of exposing them to sexual conduct or, um, an explicit show. Um, you know, no one is taking their, their child to church under that guise. And, um, whereas taking your child to a drag show, like what is your intention? Like, I can't, I personally can't think, I know that they will sugarcoat it and try to say like, here's all my good intentions for wanting to do this. And just before I let you talk, sorry. The other thing I would say about the church too, is not every building. I've said this in my Instagram stories, not every building that has church on the door I would call a church just like I would oh, not call absolutely. every pastor who puts that label on. I would, wouldn't call them a pastor or a priest or a reverend or whatever. Like, I don't care what title you give yourself. That does not mean that does not mean you're a person of God. So well, it, it doesn't give you like a blanket, like, you know, stamp to just trust the person. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. Exactly. It's like and the so, whole idea that you can't question a pastor, a pastor, I always say pastor, which is pastor wrong, (laughs) a pastor or a priest or whatever, like, you know, or an elder, like this whole idea that you cannot question, um, I think is incredibly problematic. I mean, I think you can question with respect. And then if a red flag goes off, like, you know, you use your discernment and you're like, right. No, that's not correcto. You know what I mean? So, right. 
And um, unfortunately, anywhere, I, I had someone send it to me. I actually meant to forward it to you and I forgot. Um, I did have someone send me because I wanted them to back it up. Uh, because any, unfortunately, anywhere there's kind of unlimited access to children, there's and I, there's going to be abuse. And the church is the absolute last place that that should happen. Um, but unfortunately we live in, and I'm not excusing, I'm not excusing the behavior. We should bring it to justice. It should be brought to light. They should go to prison. They should pay all of their consequences for their actions. Um, but unfortunately, wherever there's access to children, bad things are going to happen because bad people live in the world. And I say that to point out that children are abused at schools. They're abused at by sports coaches. I think um, the challenge here is, is that what, okay. So they'll say the argument is, is that there is no predacious intent or anything like that with these drag shows. Sure. There is nothing sexual about them. And it's also an attempt to normalize, which is a term that I've become incredibly over. Um, you know, these grown men dancing around because they'll make comparisons. They'll make what I think are comparisons that I'm like, okay, if that's what you want to do in regards to like cheerleaders or pageant shows or dance shows and stuff like that because of the general dance movements. But then we're supposed to completely disregard that historically, and even like I can see it with my own eyes, like, you know, over Christmas, for example, that the content is sexual in nature. Yeah. And then that's the problem. You might be able, and this is just me playing devil's advocate again, you might be able to get by with saying like, oh, a drag queen is just a person that's dressed up in a costume and they want to read a little children's book to kids. And we just want to like destigmatize. Why? I don't understand. Like there is a difference between, I, I feel like it's weird to be putting on par, normalizing or destigmatizing things like um mental health issues or you know uh race or gender like these things that historically have created a lot of bigoted divisive views you know what i mean mm -hmm. um sexist views and stuff like that that i think that's really different versus trying to dis de trying to, when we're doing it with, um, with topics that are really meant for adults. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It, that, it's not, you know, like if an adult wants to go to a, I don't care. I frankly, nobody, I, and that's the thing, like nobody has cared, like nobody's cared about no, until you started until everybody was like the five-year-old needs to be present or, you know, the, the, Eight-year-old, it needs to be able to dress up in drag and prance around and ask for dollar bill tips right. as they, you know, cross-dress and dance around in sexual manners. I, that's where it's kind of starting to become like this is not right. And for the longest time, you know, the goal was to protect children from sexual content because their minds can't really 
digest it or process it correctly in a healthy way. And that normalizing that sort of thing creates a doorway for predators to walk through. Yeah. It's not to say that everyone who is doing this is a predator in the sense of like they want to diddle kids. Right. We're not saying that. The problem is, is that when you start to normalize certain things, it becomes harder for that child to realize, you know, wait, this isn't. I mean, it's not normal for a man to dance in front of me half naked or. Exactly. And I don't even understand. Like, literally, it was like, I don't know, two hours ago (laughs) that anyone would get weirded out by a man, just a like a regular man being at a playground by himself without kids. Right. Yeah. Like that was just like immediately red stranger danger. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And now all of a sudden we're supposed to be completely fine with, you know, because the fact is, is that drag, yeah, there's drag Kings, but the majority of drag the grand majority of drag is men yeah. dressed up as women. Just like there is a larger proportion of transgender, of legitimate mm-hmm. transgender. I'm not talking about non-binary because non-binary tends to be more young teenage females. But actual transgender is predominantly male. Yeah. And then, again, we're. it just seems to be that it's almost like this new form of misogyny and patriarchy but it's got a dress on and so we're supposed to be sympathetic and okay with it because historically they were like getting beat up on look i don't think they should be i don't think they should be beat up on i don't think they shouldn't be able to work i don't think they shouldn't be able to own a house like though i don't have to agree with the way that they live their lives and i'm right. not gonna like condone it but i also don't think that that means that they can't live their lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sure. But if you're trying to sell that to my child, and then on top of that, if I oppose that, label me as a bigot, and then also even threaten to like take my kid from me. Right. Well, that is a whole, that is a whole other ball game. Yeah. And, and, and that's where we're finding ourselves right now. We're finding ourselves in this space where they're encroaching on the lives of kids. And then they're also encroaching on the lives of women. That's like a whole other subject. That's more transgender, not drag. Um, And then anytime you kind of point it out as like alarming or a concern, you're immediately shut down as being a bigot, a turf and intolerant. Yeah. And I'm just trying to be like, you know, and they'll just say, well, then just don't take your kids. But then at the same time, you won't leave my kids alone because you're wanting to bring these programs into schools or you're wanting to bring them into, you know, like how many stories have we heard where this type of curriculum or content or, you know, a show at a middle school or a high school is promoting drag? Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you can't just like completely be like, you know, I just can't. Yeah. You can't just like throw your hands up in the air. It's like, I'm just going to focus on my kid. You know what I mean? Right. They are coming. I mean, they are putting it in kids faces when you're not around. I think that's the pro. I mean, that's the crux of the issue is that I can't just not, I can't just choose not to take my kids places 
when you're forcing this into the public square everywhere. Like even if I didn't want my teenager exposed to it, they couldn't be on social media, you know, or have any kind of social media account because they're going to be exposed to it there. You know what I mean? It, It is, you are trying to keep an environment, you know, a, keep an environment where children can live their lives without having to see certain things. But that's hard, you know, and again, the, the whole, like, just don't take your kids is impossible. Again, when you're trying to, again, shove it down people's throat through TV commercials, um, you know, school programs, after school clubs, et cetera. No, I mean, just recently teachers showing up to teach, in that was in Canada. Know, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> that was that was bad. That was Before bad. We, I wanted to back up one second. So when the study that someone sent me a study, and, I, and I'm gonna call it out without having actually validated it, but um, and it's a study that showed because one of the arguments that I get is that um, church is more dangerous for children than a drag show. And you know, someone sent me a study, they're like, actually, the rate of abuse in public schools. I have a whole video on this astronomical compared to anywhere and anything, anything else. So this whole idea that church is too dangerous for your child because of sexual abuse is if that was really your concern. And I can say this for myself too. My kids don't go to public school. So, I mean, but like, (laughs) so I guess, um, I'm doing my part, but like it's, for all of us, right. We should take note of, I mean, we, me and my husband do think public schools are terrible. So, which is why our kids don't go there. But, um, if we're all of us, if we're all truly concerned about child abuse, like that should be a hot topic of conversation. What is happening in schools? One of the things that I've pointed out on my, um, on my social, social media accounts is, that to me personally, like every, every single, and not me personally, like, I think this is just facts. Like every single time you expose a child to sexual content, regardless of whether it's actual physical abuse that's happening, it's non-contact sexual abuse to expose a child to sexual content. Now that could happen at a drag show that could happen in public schools through sex education curriculum and the books they have in the library. Like I think what I see happening is a lot of people really focusing on that. It's got to be like this physical thing that happens. And that's not, that's not the only definition of no abuse. So when you talk about that study, yeah. Um, I actually did a whole podcast episode on this because, um, that I'm trying to see if I can find it real quick, but, um, so the, Okay. So this is it. It says, I did a podcast. It says the problem with gender identity guidelines and educator sexual abuse that no one is talking about. And Mm -hmm. so in this podcast, what I am arguing, um, and I have like a ton of references and stuff with it is, um, there was a study. And if you had asked me this, like a few months ago, I could have rattled off exactly who and names and everything like that. But essentially the percentage of children that have experienced some form of sexual abuse in the public school system throughout the span of their public school career is significantly higher than like what happened with the Catholic church. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, you get kind of struck by that. Now, 
granted, the, the study has been challenged in some way because it's really hard to narrow it down when there's like all of these law, there was like these laws or these practices, they weren't laws that allowed teachers to be handed down through the school system um, without having to report that, you know, they had an inappropriate communication or that, because the thing is, is that the, it wasn't just actual physical contact. It was also like, you know, maybe they didn't have physical contact, but it was inappropriate emails or, you know, sending images via texting or, you know, it expanded, um, you know, touching, but touching in a way that made the student feel uncomfortable, but Mm -hmm. it it didn't get to the point of like actual, a lot of people think of sexual abuse being, you know, I mean, it requires like penetration, right? Right. And that's, and that's not the case. Right. And so um, this study goes through, it does specifically define like what that means um, and everything. And it's going to drive me nuts that I don't have this lady's name like accessible to me right now. Um, well, that's, that's just one of the things that I, I mean, I'm glad you have that and we should link that too. And yeah, notes. I have like, like if people re- wanted I think to I have go a full like resource list of like everything that I researched yeah. for that podcast. Because I do think that we get stuck in our mindset of what that type, what's problematic, you know? Well, it's not really problematic unless it's like, unless it's what you, you know, let's well, it's and physical that's what contact, I say but in this podcast is that the problem is, is that these, cause you were talking about like, what is considered sexual abuse, right? Right. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, there's this whole thing about, you know, uh, calling anyone, calling people groomer. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a big thing. It's like, oh, groomer is just like another hate term. And the point of calling people groomer is to point out the parallels of what these policies, these guidelines, um, and how they parallel with the warning signs of someone grooming a child. Right. And the same thing is happening with, you know, you know, this was like my podcast was specific about school guidelines, but we're seeing this just in general in culture, like in regards to just trying to normalize, you know, drag, you're creating a time where like at a very young age, kids are being exposed to sexual content. They're being exposed to the idea of, you know, that they can just choose and flip their gender and what they're, they're equating gender with personality traits is what they're really doing. Yeah. Um, cause honestly I would have been non-binary when I was, cause I was a, I was like a hardcore tomboy. You yeah. know what I mean? So thankfully I'm grew up in an age where I was allowed to just be a girl that just was like a hardcore tomboy. You yeah. know what I mean? Now suddenly personality traits and interests are supposed to be reflective of gender as opposed to just normalizing that, you know, we're just we're women with different interests and tastes. Right. And we shouldn't be pigeonholed. But you know, if you continue to just quote unquote normalize and 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 present drag as like glitter and unicorns, when they're performing in sexually explicit ways and making sexual jokes, then it, 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 it kind of like, 
what's the word? It kind of numbs that internal like feeling. Remember when we were kids that we were told like, you know how if you get like that weird feeling in your stomach, maybe you should listen to that. Do you know what I mean? Because that could be like the initial warning sign of like something's off. Yeah. And so if you, you know, it's like anything. And I think, you know, social media is a huge sign of that, that if you continue to consume much of the same content, you become destigmatized to it and it normalizes. And, but then, which is like the goal, it is their goal. But the problem is, is that it really creates an opportunity for people that are predators to take advantage of. That's not to say right. that people that are providing the content are all predators. It's that it creates the opportunity for predators. Do you understand well, what I'm saying? Yeah. You're desensitized to things that would have felt off or wrong. And now you've got people saying, oh, well, this isn't off or wrong. You shouldn't feel that way. So, and then I think it also makes you question, well, when you do feel that way, well, maybe I'm just being a bigot. Well, and that was about the other thing you I was going to say, because it's not just about like, you know, it's like a lot of times it'll be presented as like, you don't want to be hateful. You don't want to be bullying. Yeah. Right. I, I don't want to be hateful or bullying towards anyone, but I think we all should have a kind of like standard of, you know, well, that's that's not right, or that's weird, or this could put me in a unsafe situation. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, And, you know, they'll argue that, well, that's why it's so important to teach consent. Well, yeah, of course. But I think consent is like another, like if you are telling people that you don't want to make people because that's the other thing. Everything's very focused on feelings. So if you're telling kids, especially that are trying to figure out how to navigate this very complicated world, that to make someone else feel bad is wrong, or to cause right. someone else to feel bullied or othered or whatever, yeah, it's wrong. I get that, but also at the same time, like it's like when they try and say, "Oh." You know, let's de- t- destigmatize pedophilia, but by calling it minor attractive, attractive Persons, person. Yeah. Maps. Like what? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I've said, I say this all the time, but it's just, we, we, things have a stigma for a reason and a purpose and, and sometimes, and that, and that's okay. Like, I don't, I don't think that we need to destigmatize and normalize Everything, everything, some things are abnormal because they're bad for us. And, you know, it's like the, um, that's a very mean, that's not a very tolerant thing for you to say, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Biblical though. I mean, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something because it's not overall good for you or perhaps good for humanity and society and culture as a whole. And then if you want to talk about from a whole, like spiritual, eternal, sinful standpoint, um, you know, if you're a Christian, I mean, then you get into that conversation too. I mean, again, we shouldn't just because you can do something doesn't mean that it is beneficial for us. And, you know, what's interesting to me is about the whole drag conversation is, um, what makes it drag is that it is abnormal, right? Like, like 
it that's what gives it it's like it's 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 been it's not interesting it's not out there it's not expressive because honestly if it was just like nobody would look at it twice if it was normal yeah well that's what isn't that what is it's um like attractiveness to people like again it's it's shock it's kind of like shock art right like that's or or um like isn't that what gives it its appeal and if you normalize it like won't it lose that from its audience i don't know i'm trying to put that just think about that in terms of um like it is what it is because it has been under like i don't want to say like underground but not mainstream right it hasn't been it's alternative yeah alternative it's it happened again in specific locations at specific times it wasn't you know again like on kids cartoons and things like that like what is the reason like i really want to like what is the reason for needing to normalize it and expose it to people of all ages and make it mainstream. Like what is it? And, and wouldn't it like, maybe it'll make it disappear. Cause it's not interesting anymore. Well, okay. So you know this what I is mean? What they'll argue is, is that the, the purpose is to normalize it. So if there is a kid out there that would express themselves in that way of their own volition, that they know that it's okay for them to express themselves that way mm-hmm. and that they need to be able to see it. This is the argument. They need to be able to see it in order for them to feel like it's okay to be that way. Yeah. But I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't agree with that because like, how do Everybody has like different interests. I don't understand the ideas that we have to, we must see ourselves represented in everything in Did order you- for us to be validated in our interests or what we do or how, what profession we take or how we tend to live our lives. Did you listen to Candace Owens yesterday? I know that she's in a big <sighs> mess right now okay. because she commented on that so- ad. So her mess is, it's a similar, it's the same conversation, but different. Okay. So she got all worked up about skims owned by Kim Kardashian. She got all upset about skims posting an ad with women, with a woman in a wheelchair. And I haven't seen the ad campaign. So I'm kind of coming in this a little bit blind. I've only seen one picture from the ad campaign. And that was the one that people you know, that Candace had showed. And so she, Candace says, you know, how far are we going to take this inclusivity thing? Like, we're going to like, really, we need to see women in wheelchairs and their underwear, et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, you know, basically saying well, her point was, is that representation doesn't matter. Now I, I agree and disagree with her. Like, I don't have a problem with, and I read a really, what I thought was a really good comment. And I think it is applicable to this conversation. So I read this comment and they said, it isn't so much that we need to see women in wheelchairs represented in ad campaigns from a, from a people who are in wheelchairs perspective so that they see themselves, but they were like, it's really because it makes other people more comfortable with seeing people in wheelchairs. So, cause they, and this was coming from a person, this is coming from a person who 
was, was able-bodied and then became disabled. And they're like, I'm complete. I'm treated completely different. And like, I don't need to see myself in ad campaigns necessarily, but he, they were like, but I think other people do just because they need to realize people in wheelchairs exist and et cetera, et cetera. So, so, okay. Anyways, I don't, I don't want to like go down. I don't necessarily want to go down that rabbit hole. I don't think Candace handled personally. I don't think she handled the situation very well. The ad campaign was actually for For, clothing, clothing that was specifically designed for people with those types of needs. And so that's where I feel like she really missed the mark because you should be able to advertise special pieces of, you know, if it's designed for them, well then, yeah, you'd better be using, you know, a person in a wheelchair to advertise yeah, it. Right. So otherwise it'd be weird. It's like, it's like saying that you awful, awful offer <laughs> that you offer plus size clothing and then, and then using a, yeah, a like model. Like that's just, yeah. Weird. So, so I think she really missed the mark because she didn't do the due diligence to really see what the ad campaign was around. So I do, I disagree with her on like, and like, and even if it wasn't around that like who really ca- I don't really care if they show a person in a wheelchair modeling clothing but, this but is- her her point was is does representation matter like do you have to see people that look like you in all the messages of all the world to know that it's okay to be you is kind of what she was saying and I feel like it's applicable here like yeah I don't think no I mean and I do agree with her on that in that I don't look for myself in like every single ad campaign or I'm not upset if they don't feature someone that doesn't yes, look but like me. They will argue that the reason that that doesn't, isn't a concern to you is because you have always seen yourself in almost every ad campaign as a, as someone who moves about a, the world as a white woman, as a pale skinned woman. Yeah. yeah. So that's what they will argue. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I oh, of course, think, yeah, I don't think that's an unfair argument. I'm not yeah. saying that, you know, especially like myself, like I have like a weird, you know, bridging of those are my doggos. I have a weird bridging of, you know, like I'm white and I look white, but I'm Puerto Rican. And so my culture, but you know, and then like how I've always seen Puerto Ricans represented is very different to how I see like Americans represent. Like it's a weird sort of thing. However, I will say that, and I can't speak as person, as a person who is like, you know, I don't know, whatever identifier that, you know, is of importance right now. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I can't speak to that, but I can speak as a woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and which I think is something pretty general. And I like, I personally, but I don't know if that's a personality thing too. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't care. I don't care. I have never seen something and then thought to myself, oh, because I don't see myself. I can't do that. Right. But I also have the personality of like, tell me I can't do it. And I will. Then, and I will. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just have a very different personality in that. But I don't, I think we, as a society right now, are so focused on identity that we're focused on seeing ourselves in everything. And that in the effort of seeing ourselves in everything, I would argue that, like, it's like every ad right now is like biracial. Or yeah. racially ambiguous or something like that. Yeah. So like 
you know, you're having some opposite, like there's some positives, but you're also having some opposite effects. Right. And I don't, I feel like instead of, you know, maybe we should focus more on teaching each other and, you know, that we can just do whatever the heck we want. Yeah. And that, you know, we shouldn't really let ourselves be dictated by, you know, um, like we like to be told that like a woman can't, you know, is it likely that a woman, I, I wouldn't say that like most, the grand majority of women should be firemen because, you know, you need to, you need to carry a body and things like that. Can't you know, if, that. You, if you can't meet a certain marker, then no, you shouldn't be in the military. You shouldn't be a fireman or whatever. But if you yeah. meet that marker, then like, yeah, right. go and do your thing. That's great. But just because there isn't an equal representation of women, firemen, women, whatever, fire persons, <laughs> um, doesn't mean you can't go be one. You can't go right. be one. And I just really have like a, you know, it's like the whole thing of like seeing a woman as a CEO. I don't need to see a woman as a CEO to know I'm, I'm similar no. in my like, mindset. Like I didn't need to see it to believe it kind of a thing. You know, I, I mean, I'm it not, does, it does inspire. I would, sure. I would, you know, I would be lying if I said that it doesn't inspire, but when we're specifically talking about kids, you know what I mean? There's also the issue of like, it's very different to compare, you know, trying to teach a young girl or even a boy to teach a little boy that he can be a fashion designer and, you know, and enjoy being in dresses and things like that, you know, and a girl that she can, I don't know, be a lumberjack or whatever versus telling kids that they can be a different gender and that it's okay. And, and that they need to see, like, I don't know if that needs to be represented when it's not, it's not true. Do you know what I mean? And what you're doing is that you're just planting seeds in a child's mind that causes confusion. And then when we're talking specifically about drag, you know, let kids play dress up, but I don't think they need to see a grown man strutting around like a stripper in order for a kid to feel like it's okay for them to dress up. Sure. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's just about, again, it being age appropriate you know, and it being to the discretion of the parent. Now, granted with the new legislation and everything that they're putting out, if a parent wanted to expose their kid, like, I don't know, the kid wants to play dress up and then they, you know, want to show them these men that play dress up like them, you know, you could argue that this legislation won't let you do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And I mean, I don't have a problem with that, but my libertarian tendencies over here are like, because then I don't want someone to come in and then tell me what you can and can't do. What I can and cannot do. You know what I mean? Because I would be naive to think that there isn't an active move against Christians right now. Right. What they came and said, like, hey, church isn't a safe place for you to take your kids. You can't take them anymore. You know what I mean? Or like, like, you know, I, I, you know, there was someone that I was watching recently that was talking about legislating churches up the wazoo or whatever in order for, you know, um, 
them to be able to essentially function out of the risk of them being, you know, um, like child predators or whatever. Yeah. And most churches, especially larger churches, will run. I know that I have volunteered at multiple churches and I've had a background check done on me. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I have never been at a church and done child, you know, any kind of ministry with a minor and not had the church run a background check on me. Yes. I know our church is the same. Um, very strict on the background checks, which is the, is to me, that's, I hate to use the phrase bare minimum because I hate people use that phrase, but it is like, that's bare minimum, right? Like you, you have to run background checks, um, potentially get references, um, things like that. So I do think a lot of churches have done a a good job of putting those protocols in place. Um, I lost my train of thought. I will say from my personal experience with my church, I have seen them not in, not in any, I don't, because as far as I know, it hasn't happened, but in it's not involving a child, but in involving sexual immoral behavior, mm-hmm. um, they have addressed it publicly, said who it was, and fired them immediately. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so it wasn't there. You churches have the capability of handling things appropriately when uh, when things happen. Um, and I, again, I, I, I know churches have swept things under the rug and not addressed them appropriately and have done, you know, wrong in wanting to hide it. And that is another thing I wanted to call out in terms of like, um, abuse or sexual sin, when you do hide it or try to, you know, cover it up, it is because it's shameful and it's wrong, which again is like the opposite of normalizing the behavior which I feel like I'm not, again, I'm not justifying the cover up by any stretch of the imagination, but at least when you look at that, it's like, okay, at least the people are recognizing that it's wrong and it's embarrassing and they shouldn't have done it. And the, you know what I mean? Like you're covering up because it's for a reason, right? Cause it's wrong. Well, I think Versus- it's representative of like what we're kind of seeing you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because it's kind of representative. Like, it's just like human nature. Do you know what sure. I mean? Yeah. So human nature is, is that, oh, well, we don't want to like create a bad name. Like that t- tends to happen in the church. Cause like, you don't want to create a bad name for the church or for Christians. Right, or right, right. And the same thing, the same thing, because look, if there is one thing that we like, we might not agree on a bunch of things, but hu- human nature is consistent. Yeah. And I think that right now we're trying to be gaslit into that's not the case. Yeah. Because if you see it on the other side, you see that you can't talk about the uh, the the issues of like if anybody happens to be either transgender or drag performer or queer or anything under the umbrella of you know what people would categorize as the gender ideology or the gender umbrella. Yeah. You can't bring up regret. You can't bring up uh, anything that they've done illegally or if yeah. they did, you know, get charged. All positive. Any, it's all like, positive. Everything has to be all positive because you would uh, then, because 
historically there's been such a uh tie of like that community being compared with like pedophilia or whatever that you just can't apply it and you can't talk about it because then it'll make it worse. However, like the church is like a free for all to call out for those things. Now, granted, I think it's different because you should hold the church in a much higher standard. Of course, I would you agree. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Um, but the world's just, gonna world. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I just find like I just thought of that. You know, it's and I'm saying that only as a reflection of human nature, not comparing the two or making them equal. Does yeah. that make sense? Yes. Yeah. One of the things that you said, though, that I was biting my tongue on was what you just said. How can a person, because everything you just said is true, right? They want to, in, in their side, they're trying to bury any negativity about their ideologies and their movements. Okay. And you're right because that's human nature, but they are also, and I think everybody is for informed consent, but they are the side that that is a platform. I mean, that's a platform that they stand on as long. You can do anything you want. Anything goes as long as you have informed consent, but you will never have informed consent based on everything you just said, because when you bury the bad and you bury the negative and you won't let any of that come to light or be spoken of, you're not truly giving someone informed consent. You're giving them a one-sided story. And of course that looks like sunshine and rainbows because that's what you told them that it was, you know what I mean? Well, there's absolutely. And I mean, this is, although, you know, we said this earlier, I was like, we're going from drag and it's kind of transitioning into trans. (laughs) Um, I didn't do that on purpose. And (laughs) Um, but frankly, the whole like umbrellas gotten a little muddled, yeah. you know, if, if I'm going to be honest, um, but you know, it's the amount of times that I see arguments that like, pu- there's nothing wrong with puberty blockers. Puberty blockers don't have any negative effects. It's just a pause. And it's the same thing. It's like always this over, you know, simplifying of an argument. There's nothing wrong with drag. It's just men dressing up in costumes. It's like a clown. It's like, it's I just get for that entertainment. A lot. It's just it's for theater. It's just, it's just musical. It's, it's same taking your kid to the plane or to a play. It's an art yeah. form. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, a lot of things are art. There's a lot of art out there that I would not, not appropriate. my child to. It's just right. not age appropriate. Right. Like they can go to it later. I don't see why, like, I'm not going to take a five-year-old to a stripper performance or whatever. Right. Do you know right. what I mean? Right. Like even, even if it was like covered up right. like and skimpy, I still wouldn't, I wouldn't take them. Like, it's just not, it's not appropriate and it's not appropriate because it's not just the performance that is being done. It's also the energy that is around that performance. Sure. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like maybe, you know, like, a, a stripper might argue, well, I'm just, I'm a dancer. I'm just performing or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but you also it's got no like, different than the ballet. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's what I feel like I'm is happening right now. Yeah. I, that's why I feel like I'm being gaslit. Oh, it's no, you, it's just, you are dance. being gaslit. <laughs> and then like, but I'm like, okay, well, so maybe they're just in a costume and they're dancing, but there's a bunch of dudes down here that are like getting off on this. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Or 
and and that's you know it's not i feel like we're being told just look here and only see it like this but not to look at the bigger picture of everything that's surrounding it yeah and to ignore the history of it frankly like again it it historically has been a raunchy sexual maybe funny yeah it's but, funny i've been but look, over the top you know performance and that and that's again for adults so why and you know so and it, you know i had i get people on mine who are like you know you know there's oh it's kid friendly drag it's fine you know there's no you brought up firemen i i literally got a comment on one of my tiktok videos where they were like it's no different than a fireman going to the library to read to children in his uniform um, if a drag queen going, you know, at, cause that's what they do and that's who they are. And so them going to read to the kids in the library is the same, same as a fireman, no different. But most of the time, most of the time, I'm not going to say every time, but most of the time, these drag queens are not reading the three little pigs. Like sometimes they are, <laughs> right, sometimes right, they are, right. but most not like most of the time they're not. A lot of times they're reading books that are on gender ideology or trans or something Mm -hmm. like that. Right. And not only that, but I have seen with my own eyeballs videos of drag queen story hour, teaching kids how to twerk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where I, people are, people get so mad at me on TikTok because they're like, it's not sexual. It's not a sexual performance. Drag isn't sexual. Like you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, like, hundreds of videos out there where the performances are, if this isn't sexual, then I, I, I don't know what is. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, there's the one, I think it was in the UK. I, maybe it was in the UK. The yeah, one where the, 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 one, you're talking about the babies, with the babies and the guys are like literally swinging from, you know, well, wearing just recently. Um, now of course I'm, I'm in Tennessee. So right now we're dealing with a whole, yeah. Like, situation with the passing of, of, uh, I forget the name of the bill, but, uh, that everybody says is a drag band, which it isn't. It's just like, it's just not for minors. Um, but in Cal, uh, not California (laughs) in, um, sorry, (laughs) in, uh, Florida, um, the, there was a performance over Christmas that was supposed to be, it was supposed to be like a drag queen Christmas extravaganza. And it was um, advertised as family friendly or for all ages. Although it required anyone who was under the age of 18 to be accompanied by an adult. Okay. Like why you got to be accompanied by the, by an, right. Like, I'm just curious. If it's, but, if it's family right. friendly. These videos are so explicitly unquestionably without a shadow of a doubt sexual and there are young children right there front and center watching the entire thing watching simulations of uh sex is this this was indoors right it was like a on a I think I know what you're talking about. It was, it was at, a Christmas, you said? It was a Christmas thing. Yeah. It was at um, a, I think it was affiliated with the Hyatt. I've and seen, the Hyatt yeah. ended up losing their liquor license over it, which honestly, I don't think was enough, but you know, whatever. Right. Okay, right. fine. You lost your liquor license. You can't sell booze because you showed fake boobies to little kids while two dudes grinded up on each other. Yeah. And this other person simulated an abortion. Like, I've I missed that part. I missed that part. <laughs> 
like, and I'm not even, or I don't know. It was just incredibly disturbing. Now, this is the other thing that will happen. They'll be like, oh, but that just happens. You know, that's just like a few cases or whatever. Like, don't tell them. Okay. Then if that's just a few cases, like. Then making laws against it shouldn't matter. You should be for it too. And I have also seen, I get comments from people too, um, from act from drag queens, I assume based on what they're telling me in my TikTok comments, but like, oh, well, we don't want your kids there either. Well, then you should be for these laws because you still get to do whatever it is you want to do. But we're just saying like, hey, kids aren't invited. So then these laws shouldn't be a problem. If that was true, because I, I said I've had a drag queen comment like, I, you know, they don't, we don't want your kids there like any more than you do. Like some, you know, we're very uncomfortable with it. And I'm like, I mean, then maybe you need to go have a chat with some of the people in the community because there are, there's empirical video evidence of it absolutely happening in kids and kids being there. If you're that uncomfortable, stop the show. Like then you as the performer have the obligation to stop the show and be like, this is not like we have kids here or whatever. And that's not happening. And so I just, I don't buy it. And I'm not saying there aren't, you know, it's, it's, you want to, I guess like overgeneralize everyone, but I'm sure it's a possibility that there are drag queens who don't want kids at their shows and and agree agree with that, you know? I have no doubt there is. And actually, it's been really fascinating because recently there's been this whole debate going on over on TikTok where drag queens and transgender women, which are men, saying, like, you people need to cut this out and stop, like, going for the kids because we are regressing and people are reacting to us in a negative way. Right. Right. Because of what you're pushing, like kids should not be there. Women should not be stripped of their identity. We should not be in sports. So I do see, and like, this is to white pill people, you know what I mean? Because like, if you doom scroll on social media, you will lose your mind. Yeah. So don't do that. Uh, don't be like me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I I let you do it for me. And then I just read your recap. (laughs) But I, it will I have faith that it will correct. What I don't want is an overcorrection. And I feel like a lot of times with everything, like, you know, people will try and I'll get categorized or called out as like a turf or far right or whatever. Look, I, you will not believe how much I do not want to be in your business. Yeah. (laughs) I so do not want to be in your business. Yeah. And I don't want to be advocating and passing laws to keep you out of my business. Right. Because down the road, you're going to do that to me. You're yeah. going to do the same thing to me. Yeah. Okay. But if you're going to force my hand, I'm no wallflower either. Right. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to just be like, you know, oh, let me take the higher road and have a civil comp. No, I'm not going to do that either. Okay. You're coming for the kids. You start pushing this ideology. You start pushing false, you know, ideas of that. You know, at first it was just about expression, and now it's about like something innate that you can't, you know, or and that's not not that's not correct. At first it was just about expression and a separation of gender and sex. Yeah. And now the idea is like we're completely erasing 
sex. It just happens to bleed, yeah. be that one one of us bleeds and the other one doesn't. Like right. that's really like the there's event. no different, no other differences, no other yeah. difference. You know what I mean? And that you can be a man and still you know bleed, which is like I hate it when they do that. Like it drives me insane. Yeah. And that you can be a man who transitions into a woman and experience a period. No, you cannot. Like, yeah. <laughs> scientifically, <laughs> this is not possible. Like you and don't so- have the proper organs. <laughs> So that's why it's like when you get to that extreme, I'm going to have a whole lot less grace when I feel like that you are constantly gaslighting me 24 seven. Yeah. And I, and I don't, I don't want to land there. You know what I mean? That's not even in my nature. Like I really, really. To legislate everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I really yeah. want you out of my business and I want to be out of yours, even in regards to the whole thing of marriage. Like I don't think marriage, except for the fact of like, of a country or a government wanting to incentivize people having children. Right. I mean, because that's good for the economy. It's good for the country. It's good for the workforce. Like you need to multiply, um, except for trying to incentivize that. I don't really think that they should be now. I'm saying that, but there's like an asterisk over here, but I don't think that they should be meddling in like dictating who's married and who's not. Sure. Do you know what I mean? I think that, but that is also because I believe marriage to be a tenant of my faith. Right. Not of the government. Of the government. Yeah. That's the distinction for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, when you're talking about like the government incentivizing people having children, I totally think that is a good thing. I don't think you should incentivize people like growing children, like artificially. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like renting out wombs Wombs. in order to have children. We'll have to do a whole nother episode on that. Yeah, that's a whole other thing and turning it into like an industry. Mm -hmm. That's where my asterisk is coming in. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I do think that there's there are a few people that require, you know, I believe in the small and small government. And so there are, I think I just spit. I don't know if you caught that on camera, but I, anyways. <laughs> I didn't see it. There are a few things that I think require like government, you know, intervention or, you know, uh oversight. Oversight or whatever. And one thing is like people that are exceptionally vulnerable. So I'm talking about children, especially if the children do not have a parent or do not have a safe parent. Um, people that are mental, like have mental or mental health issues, disabilities, things that are out of people's control, where they lose like a, a degree of autonomy. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the capability of making decisions for themselves. That I think. It should go first to the community. Yes. And then after the community, there should be like a a small safety net there for those people because not everybody has community. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, And that's like the extent of it. And because of that, I do not have an issue with legislating issues around kids in a way that it's more about empowering the parent, like a healthy parent a good parent um 
and protecting a child from, you know, like a predator and right. which can also be a parent. You know, I'm not, right. I'm not done yeah. in understanding that, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I don't, you know, did I want to go around and tell people like, I didn't even never in my wildest dreams did I think that I would have to be like, Hey, can you not like simulate sex acts dressed up as a woman in front of my children? Right. Do you know what right. I mean? I don't even have right. kids. Let me put yeah. that out there. I yeah. don't even have kids. Okay. I have dogs. Yeah. And I want them doing that. <laughs> yeah. I don't want my dogs at drag shows either. <laughs> But that's just so you know. I think you know one thing, and then let me also clarify specifically about what is going on with drag legislation, because a lot of times people will be like, uh, "The way the media works." Well, the, what I hear. So yeah. before you talk about it, what because I'm not in one, I'm just not as up to speed on things. And two, I'm not living in Tennessee or in a state where they would be legislating drag at any time. But, um, what I hear a lot is that, uh, I don't want to say, I know we're talking about drag and I'm going to use the word trans because that was specifically how it was proposed to me, but these people are just gaining rights. They're just gaining rights that you already have. So if we don't give them the right to do these sexual acts in front of children or whatever, we're taking their rights away. Like that's how it's usually presented to me is that like, oh, you know, why do you have a problem with these people having rights and or them getting more rights isn't taking rights away from you. Like that's what, and, and to me, again, so maybe you can kind of go into that as far as like, is this really a rights, a human rights issue to be able to perform drag when and wherever you want? I mean, you can argue that it is a right in the, in regards of a right to expression, right? Mm -hmm. But nobody, and this is, you know, there's a big debate about, you know, uh, different depending on what side of the aisle you land on or what your general view is, you will see rights in a different way. You will see rights either that uh, you just have, they just literally exist. You know what I mean? The right to free speech, the right to free assembly, the right to, you know, the press defending yourself, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Like these are things that are inalienable rights that we just kind of, you know, either whether you believe in God or not, they're rights that you are just born with. Right. Right. And it is the duty of the government not to give them to you. You already have them. Right. So it is the duty <laughs> of the government not to violate those rights. Then there is the view of people that they believe it is the government's duty to give you your rights. So, but this tends to more times than not, and I would argue almost every single time, this type of argument will require taking from someone else. And they'll be like, you know, they'll do this argument. Your rights aren't a pie. I'm like, well, it depends. Because if I am forced to bake this pie and use my labor and give it to you because you have a right to health care, so then my rights are being violated in the sense of like my labor is being regulated. 
So instead of allowing the free market to dictate, you know, whether or not I build this house for you, or I supply this food for you, or I provide you this health care, what you want is the government to tell me that I must do it and that I should do it at this price. And this is how I should provide it because it's categorized as a human right. Mm-hmm. But then the problem with that is that what you're doing is then you are taking some of my pie. Right. Okay. That's a really oversimplified version of like what the argument is. So in regards to like the whole transgender, this is how I I would, this is my personal, I'm not saying, look, I ain't no academic or whatever. <laughs> and so if somebody wants to correct me, I welcome it because I like these type of discussions, but this is kind of how I see it because, um, you know, they have a right to express themselves, but it doesn't mean that they have a right to like express themselves anywhere they go. Do you, it, how, that's not fair. Let me put it this way. <laughs> So specifically, because we're talking about kids here, and I think yeah. we really, 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 really need to emphasize that we're talking about children. Yeah. And in regards to, there there was a Supreme Court case um, a, a while back. I think it was, um, gosh, I don't remember. It was like in the at the turn of the century or something like that. And there was like these German immigrants, and they had a teacher there, and the Germans really wanted to emphasize Um, you know, that their kids, it was like when it was like small, tiny schools where everybody was in the same classroom and you would hire a teacher and they, I forget the the case and I might be summarizing this a little off, but they wanted to make sure that they were taught, um, German. And then they brought a teacher in and the teacher was like trying to dictate something, teaching the kids something other than or not wanting to follow through with the curriculum that the teachers wanted. Mm -hmm. And then the teacher was saying that was encroaching on his free speech. But then the thing, the argument was, and this is a Supreme Court case, was that the parent has a right to over their, like there are parental, that's where the the source is from having parental rights. Right. The parental rights being a constitutional right. Mm -hmm. The reason that parental rights are are the default is because a child is a tiny human being that has not learned the way of the world. Right. And all of a sudden we have entered into a society or into a culture where if a five-year-old says, I want to be this, fill in the blank. I want to be a drag queen. I want to be a boy. I want to be a girl. I want to be a, a frog. I don't know that we should just affirm that behavior. Right. Or that belief or that desire, however you want to put it. And so I would argue that in regards to the, um, and there, there'll be a big debate there because a lot of people will be like, well, the kids should have their own right to their autonomy. And they, and like pa- the parent child relationship is just a fascist relationship, but that's a very Marxist view. And the whole idea there is to separate child from parent. Right. Then, because like a child can't fend for themselves. So if you take out the parent, who do you have left? Well, you have the government. Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. So like, it's all of this stuff is really trying to separate child from parent. And, And I would argue that this is the same thing. So you do not, you have a right to perform and do whatever you want. Right. But the parents also have a right to like protect their children. Right. And to protect children, 
that cannot do that do not have parents to protect them. And so I would say now, see, here's a funny thing because the the other side will say, because it's all this is why it's such a complicated freaking issue, especially when you're trying to be like generally free. Because the other side will say, um, I think it's really damaging for you um to not affirm them. And and that could be detrimental and that could lead to them hurting themselves. And so you are a danger to them. Yeah. It's the same idea. It's the same right. concept. Well, that's what I was gonna say, even about like, even about taking this is this is where it gets like I think like really hard and really muddy, and you have to there obviously are disagreements around what's appropriate to expose children to and what isn't. And I think generally speaking as a society for a long time, we've been in alignment of, Hey, this is an adult performance. And now we're at this place where people are like, well, I'm okay with taking my child to this performance. And it's fine because of reasons X, Y, Z. And it's like, I think that's where people like me are like, well, no, no, no. We've been as a society, like we've been aligned that this type of performance is not appropriate for kids. So is it within a parent's parental rights to say like, well, no, I think it's fine. Like they, you know, it's, it's, they need to learn about whatever. And this is how I'm choosing to teach them. And you know what I mean? Like, is it an I mean, infringement? I would, I would argue. So this is where, you know, you kind of want to have like the free idea of like libertarian (laughs) everybody just do what you want don't get into anybody's business that sort of thing right but there are like truths do you understand what i'm saying there are objective truths and i think and again i think as a society we've agreed again holistically not every single individual but holistically like we've agreed on those, but as we move away from being a Christian society, you know, or a religious society and is now, it's just a free for all. Right. So we're not aligned any longer on what's appropriate and what isn't and what's true and what's not true. Like I still believe there's objective truth, but frankly, there's people who don't believe that anymore. There is no objective truth truth. Everything is made up. Everything's a social construct. Everything needs to be torn down. Everything needs to be turned inside out. There's one thing we can do. I would say like, you know, for me, what I do is I kind of look at history because I'm like, I love history. Like I'm a history buff. And if history teaches us anything is that the extremes on both sides have have led to a downfall in some way. Yeah. So the extreme in regards to free love and everybody's sleeping with everyone and it's okay <laughs> to mess with kids and da, da da da. Well, that's why Rome fell. Well, and I was trying to, I actually had this conversation with my daughter last night with my 12 year old. Um, and we were talking about um, just again, like way people, ways people raise their children. We were talking about um, raising them as Christians versus parents who don't. Um, and I told her, I'm like, Emma, you have got to be able to look back across history and understand that anything and everything that's happening right now is not new. We have not invented new ways to think about things like all this stuff. And she kind of looked at me like, Oh really? Like all this, I'm like, she's like, all this gender stuff has been done before. And I'm like, Absolutely. Like 
in in ancient Rome, like it was crazy. I mean, like crazy town. <laughs> like we've done all of this, right? I mean, and so there's nothing new under the sun. And so that's where too, I just, I, I don't know why people don't want well, to and hear. Like the, there's an extreme on both sides. That's why I'm saying like every extreme, it's like, I don't know. Um, think about like the way the Catholic church historically, or like a uh, Mary queen Mary or whatever, like she was like burning people at the stake because they were Protestants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because she wanted yeah. to force like a specific religion, right. You know, across the land, the same right. thing, like during the Victorian times is that like women were really subjugated and oppressed during those times and stuff yeah. like that. And you were expected to be and behave a certain way. Um, if not, you know, you were shunned from society. Like yeah. I am fully aware that every extreme is not, Has. it's, it's not good. Exactly. You know what I mean? Which is why, even though I'm a Christian and I would really want, and I pray and I would hope that everybody would come to like find the Lord and, and, and be like me, you know yeah. what I mean? Or whatever. Cause it would just honestly make my life easier, but it's not <laughs> about me. You know, I, I recognize that I live in a, in a world where that's not going, that's never going to happen. It is never right. going to happen until like the day comes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just not going to happen. And so it doesn't do me any good to like legislate religion onto the masses or anything right. like that, which is really what they're trying to say is what we're doing. And now I'm not going to lie if it just happens to be that my Christian beliefs also happen to align with the things that I think are most beneficial for society in right. regards to, you know, like, um, the trans issue or, you know, like all of these things, I'm not going to vote against my own interests, even though they'll argue that I am, you know what I mean? But, um, like if I get, if I don't win or whatever the heck it is, you know, I'll, continue to use our legis legal legislative peaceful process to you know to to make change yeah. and i don't think i don't see why that is any more offensive just because i happen to be a christian versus now they'll say it's like separation of church and state well you know what i would argue that you are also in a religion it's just a religion of secularism right which sounds counterintuitive but you understand what i'm saying yes you know what i mean so like it's it's the i don't see them particularly different and as time changes everything ebbs and flows and unfortunately you know we're going to be like the world isn't going to be perfect. And I don't understand like this whole push to like make everybody happy and like not offended and utopia and da da da. All that does is strip people down to nothing. Yeah. Which I think is pr probably the ultimate, even though again, uh, subconscious goal, you know, it, it is to make everybody nothing basically you know, and the same and like, yeah, well, not, they're easier to control that way. Right. I mean, you did something the other day, you asked me a question. You were like, where do you think this is stemming from? Is it feminism? Is it this? Is it that? And I was like, from Karl Marx, it's yeah. all Marxism, it's <laughs> yeah, all Marxism but by a different name. Yeah. I put that <laughs> in my video in my last, um, 
skit that I did. Like who's actually like running the show here? Oh, this guy. (laughs) I would say like to kind of give people like, cause we were messaging the other day and I was like, am I, and I actually, am I the drama that one? (laughs) Am I the drama? Am I crazy? Am I, am I missing something? Um, and then I went through this rant on my stories one time that I'm like, I think we're just like in, there's been a bleed between the two different, you know, dimensions and we're all like it's living like our truth multiverse. Like yeah, we're all that's like, why everything is just so screwed up. Um, yeah. and even though I joke about it, cause that's kind of like how I cope with things. I have like a dark sense of humor. Um, I would tell people you're not crazy. Um, like they, there is an active, they'll say that, you know, Oh, they say they're, you know, they'll argue that we are saying that we want to protect the kids, but then we don't care about X, Y, and Z. Right. So like X, Y, and Z being, uh, homeless kids or feeding hungry kids. Like, what are you, an idiot? Gun yes. control. That's a big Gun one. Gun control is another that's one. The, that's the big one that the trans movement or drag queen mo- yeah. movement gets behind is like, you know, drag shows aren't killing anyone guns are. So I know that's a big one. If you cared about kids, you would care, about, care about guns. guns. I'm like, well, actually, you know? I care a lot about kids, which is why I have, I just happen to have a different view in regards to like, I have yet to see a single gun-free zone sign mm. stop a shooting. Right. Right. It doesn't. Yeah. Never seen it. Not yeah. once. So don't tell me that I don't care just because I don't agree with you because that's the, uh, that's how they like mess with you. Yeah. They tell you, you don't care because of X, Y, Z. You don't want to feed them. You don't want to house them. You don't want to protect them from guns. Yeah. Well, like and they'll ask you things like, well, how many kids have you adopted? If you care so much about yeah. kids, I'm, I'm sure like, you're doing your part, like all this stuff. Yeah. Like, it's do you very think I'm a sociopath or something yeah. like that. Of course I care. You know what yeah. I mean? And it doesn't mean that I can't care. Like if I care about this, I can't care about these things. The thing is, is like, they'll say, instead of you just legislating, you know, you're spending your time legislating drag queens when there's, instead of, you know, dealing and legislating how to deal with hungry kids. Right. Right. That's not true. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? I just don't happen to agree with the way that you want to deal. Solve the problem. And solve the problem. Right. It's not that you don't want to solve the problem or think that it's worth solving. It's just that we're not in alignment with how to do that because their alignment is more government control and more government input. Whereas, you know, I'm guessing, you know, your argument would be not for that. (laughs) My argument would be, you know, uh, getting more involved with your community, with your church, with, and doesn't have to be a church. Like if you're not a Christian, you can still get involved with your community and still help things locally. Because honestly, the, the needs of children is very focused. It's very like their needs is determined by where they are. Yes. You know what I mean? Very geographic. And so, and- exactly. So to just use the federal government to like blanketly treat everybody the same is not an effective way to help these kids who really right. need help. Right. So that's, so don't tell me that I don't care. I care. I just don't think that we need to use big daddy government to dictate how everything is done. And yeah. on top of that, I also happen to have my Christian belief which means that I should be doing it without the coercion of the government. Of the government, yeah. 
So thank you very much. I don't need to yeah. be coerced into helping somebody. Okay. Yes. I mean, I've, I've talked about that on the podcast before in that, um, again, biblically, because that's how I have personally have to approach these topics is that biblically, the goal of the government is laid out as being very small, although Christians are, um, commanded to be good citizens, even if it's very large. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, even if it's to the point of, you know, taxing you unfairly or whatever. Obviously, we live in a country where we can help make and shape those decisions. But ultimately, Jesus didn't come and command the government to take better care of people. Now, the government could be a tool that we use to help take care of people, I think, if we trust that the government is altruistic and that it can make good choices and that it's going to, you know, do that absolve us of our responsibility. It doesn't. It doesn't. I'm yeah. saying it's a tool in the toolbox to say like, hey, I think, you know, is government assistance good or needed in this particular case? Like maybe you're right though. I'm not, it doesn't say, and that's where I feel like a lot of Christians shirk their responsibilities to, well, I voted for, you know, whatever. So that's, that's my responsibility of, you know, taking care of the, you know, the orphans and the widows. And really, I mean, biblically, the role of the government is super simple. It was just to punish those who do bad and reward those who do good. I mean, obviously, I believe like we need infrastructure, like there's things that we. Yeah, but I think that should be much more localized. Yes, I was going to say I was going to say like you could actually get away with a lot less of that as well. But ultimately, you know, Jesus gave the responsibility of caring to to the church and the church should be that within communities should be the place that is caring for, um, people in need and providing them those services, not, not the government. So, um, cause I've done, I think a video on people when they say that like Jesus was a socialist, you know, and, and believed in socialist ideas. And it's like, well, no, I mean, because he didn't say you need to go through the government to make these things happen. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. So. so, but yeah, so those are typically like the, the, I just find it funny that they'll like the religion that they don't believe in is a religion that they'll try and turn on you to justify. Well, or tell you you're doing, doing it wrong or tell like you you're, you're not, you don't, you're not, I'm not, I've said this before too. Like you're not, um, I'm not necessarily going to take feedback from non-Christians about my Christianity super serious because why, I mean, like, why would, like, why would I, or if you, well, it's you the know, same thing. it's like, I don't understand why you get so offended when I share what I believe. Right. If you don't believe it. Right. Like if you don't believe it, then take it as a grain of salt and go about your merry way. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I don't understand why you have to like attack me for it or whatever, but that's like, that's like a side conversation yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But, um, I think it's, you know, like I said before, the reason it all kind of gets muddled together is that it all stems from the same place. And it's like this idea of affirming and being your true self and that any kind of legislation that is done is why it's sold always as, well, all you're trying to do is deny people from expressing their true selves. Yeah. And so like specifically here in Tennessee, you know, the big hurrah is about this uh, bill, which they'll call it the, that, They'll say that Tennessee has banned drag, and that's not the case. That 
Drag is not banned in Tennessee. The bill, what it did was, is that there is, which a lot of states do this, they have like definitions of, you know, you know, what this building is, what this or business is and that sort of thing. And one of the things is that there is a section of the bill within the definitions that uh, is specifically uh, defining what is what you, I would categorize as adult entertainment and they call it cabaret, right? So a cabaret facility or something like that, or location um, for a long time was like a strip club or, you know, I don't know, like an adult store or, you know, things that are um, adult in nature. Right. And then uh, they added on, cause let me, cause I actually quoted it adult cabaret. It existed already. And it says, Prudent, that's the word. So the big focus was that what has they have included drag, but the way that they have included drag is with the wording is male or female impersonators who provide entertainment that appeals to a prudent interest. And then prudent meaning, uh, because I was like, if you don't know what prudent means, it's like having or encouraging excessive interest in sexual manners, Hmm. matters, not manners, matters. Yeah. Um, so it's very specific. So what it's saying is, is that now you could even argue that I would say, so they say that this means that like, if a transgender person is walking in the street, they can end up arrested. Right. Well, then you're suggesting that a transgender person walking, walking in the street is for, is for sex is a sexual manner. Right. Prudent interest. So, I mean, you can't have it. You And then you can't say, now they're going to say, well, it's because uh, the people who were overreached the legislation, which is not an unfair argument, but if someone wanted to push the the boundaries of the legislation, they could use it and just categorize that as a prudent interest. And therefore, you wouldn't be able to walk around in the streets. Yeah. Right? So it's not a complete stretch because historically... How many times has there been some form of legislation and it's supposed to be like super clear, like this is the purpose of it. And then someone comes in and they interpret, they interpret it in a way to kind of push the boundary. Typically there is a system for that. If that happens, it goes to court. Right. You sue and you say they're pushing the law, they're violating it and they're using it out of the, like, there's a specific legal term. I forget what it is, but like the intent of the law. Right. So there is a system for that. Now, is it really annoying that you would have to go through that? Yes. But if that was the case, we wouldn't have the issue of Roe versus Wade. We wouldn't be debating red flag laws. Like there's like, that's just the nature of the game of trying to like define words and what did they mean? And what does this comma mean? And everything like that. Yeah. But my point is, is that they're arguing is that it is banning drag because the other thing is, is that this law does not allow these prudent interests to happen in a public space, just like you wouldn't allow a a stripper to go and dance down at the courtyard or whatever at the town square. You know what I mean? So it's the general idea, which also means, and it's not an unfair argument that it would affect like drag parades and that sort of thing, because then that means that you can't be performing drag or pride or anything like that out in public. Hmm. Now, I don't know if there can be a special city I'm, saying, I'm sure they can like pay or dispensation. Or, yeah. 
and be like, you know, we're doing this, but you can't have kids there or something like that. I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's a way around it. So to play devil's advocate, it's not completely out of the, they're not completely crazy and saying like, you know, this could be a problem. It's not, but it's not the intent of the law. The intent of the law is for, to stop these drag brunches or drag performances at schools for kids, like kids. Yeah. The intent intent is around minors, not necessarily. I should say it is prudent interest and it's specifically for anyone who is a minor under the age of 18. So it's not prudent interest for adults. It's about minors and having minors there present, just like they're not allowed at like a strip club or a go-go dance place or anything like that. Right. So the, and the, and you would be, it is an unfair argument that considering how the law is written and what category it's included with, that it would extend out to a trans person like walking in the street. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because yeah. the fact of the matter is, is that if you have a stripper walking in the streets, you know, they're going to get arrested, not specifically because they're at a cabaret or it's a cabaret facility, but because it is indecent exposure. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not, you know, and this is specifically talking about, um, like a, by putting it in with strip clubs. So, but what you're saying though, is like, I mean, a drag queen could walk the streets yeah. still. It's just as long as they're not indecent, which what they all tell me is that it's not sexual in nature at all. So it should be fine. They should be fine. And that's what I'm trying to get at. (laughs) That's why it's like, you're banning drag, you're banning cross-dressing. And it's like, no, the law is specifically coupled with a cabaret, with a business, with a facility, with a distinct purpose. You know what I mean? Which is why these facilities or these practices are also not allowed in public spaces. Yeah. So, but it has a distinct purpose. So if you are a drag queen that's going to work, it doesn't mean that you can't walk the streets and drag and go to work. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now they'll say, yes, it does. But I, you know, I argue it doesn't. And then what happens the way our system works is, is that if that person ends up getting fined or arrested, then it goes to court and then right. that gets further defined. And then the likely, the high, high, high likelihood is, is that they're going to see this as like a frivolous and that they did not violate the law. And then yeah. if anything, all that does is solidify and set president that the drag queen can walk to their car right. out in public. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I'm trying to do here is like, are they completely crazy in their arguments? No, because historically we have seen, I mean, Obama just sent out, not Obama. <laughs> what year <is> wow. <laughs> uh, Biden just sent out the, just signed an executive order the other day telling um, like uh, states who have existing red flag laws to further enforce and like essentially test the boundaries of their red flag laws. So, and the issue with red flag laws, like not to go down another rabbit hole is like, there's a big argument and concerns about due process, about taking someone's second amendment away without due process. Right. So eventually if somebody does 
cross that boundary, it will go to court. And yeah. hopefully, Lord willing, I'm not as sure in regards to when we're talking about gun issues because of the way the state of everything, but hopefully they'll be like, no, you are pushing the envelope. That is not the purpose and the intent of that law. And you can't just like take away their second amendment. Right. And yeah. The same thing is this it is the same process for this type of law that this law that we have in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and they're also making really stupid comparisons because they pulled up some old picture of Bill Lee, which is our governor dressed in the 1970s as a cheerleader during a powder puff game, which is a spirit game that I actually, when I lived in Georgia, I don't know if it's a Southern tradition or in general. I don't know. Cause I mean, I grew up in Oklahoma and we had them too. So yeah, same so, thing, but it was the same. It was like the girls or like would play football and the boys to cheer would them cheer. on yeah. would dress up as cheerleaders and cheer them on from the yeah. sidelines. And it was funny and it was like a spirit thing and it was a big thing. Well, that's one of the things that I um, had thought about earlier in our conversation that we hadn't talked about yet was just the changing again, like the broadening of the term drag when convenient. So, um, for example, like the example that they gave where here's a spirit, you know, football game, powder puff football game where the girls play and the, the boys cheer, um, also, I've seen the arguments of, well, when Robin Williams dressed up as Mrs. Doubtfire, he was in drag and you would have let your kids see that well, movie. Previously, and, there was a difference between cross-dressing and drag. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like the, the wording, the words change definition, like depending upon the argument and it is getting really Muddled. muddy, you and know, it's on purpose. and, and so of course, I mean, you know, Robin Williams dressing up as Mrs. Doubtfire is like, I wouldn't have classified that as drag. I mean, like, again, like we've talked to, I think, um, well, and I think it's because the intent is different, right? Well, the intent, the action, the costume, like, you know, most drag queens aren't trying to look like real no. women, whereas no. his costume was obviously designed to look like a real little old I lady. Mean, like there was a long time where telling a woman that she looked like a, like an actual woman that her makeup looked like drag. Yeah. Was like not good. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. like it was not seen as a compliment. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. So, so I mean, I, again, like again, because because they are a a an artwork, a right? They're caricature yeah. of what it means to be feminine, and it's exaggerated and it's over the top, and that is not again not the same. It's usually a raunchy, sexual, again comedic, whatever performance, and that is very different from these examples that they're giving, but yet they're trying to use those as support for drag. Like, Oh, Oh yeah, that was drag. You know? And it's like, no, I well, mean, it's again, I don't know. It's again, trying to feed into, Oh man, we, maybe should, we should share this for another one because this can go into a whole other thing. Cause I started thinking like, this is, I don't know if this is like a stereotypical or lazy comparison or whatever, but um, I, was, I was thinking about animal farm the book. Yeah. And so one of the big things that animal farms points out is that later that the piglets mm -hmm. don't know how things were in the past. And right. so they just 
assume and follow along with how things are today now mm-hmm. without challenge because they have no idea. So like yeah. in the past, you would have no idea and be like, if you were born right now and everything is normalized and everything is like, you know, destigmatized or whatever, you wouldn't have an understanding of the difference between a drag queen and Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. Do you understand right. what I'm saying? You mm, oh yeah. But they clearly look different. I mean, you could I, look at the yes. pictures and be like, well, that's not this. Right. But after I mean, years and generations of distilling and normalizing yeah. and da, 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 and everything. But then like, you know, well, and I but- also, I get the, I get the, um, I've also gotten the comments again on these videos that like, especially about like a drag queen story hour, like, well, they're not, they're not. And I know you've said, you've seen videos of the twerking and all of that, but let me tell you, that doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. That's what they tell me. Like that doesn't happen. It's very innocent. They're dressed like any other normal woman. Like that's what I've been told when they go to. Well, and here's the deal. Cause this is me trying to be gracious. I don't know. I try, I try. Cause I try to believe not that I there's levels of like, like who has actual intent and who is clueless. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> And I, I would like to believe, and I believe that there is a larger quantity of, I don't want to say clueless because it sounds unkind, but just not, in, well, not in, they ignorant. don't know. They, ignorant. Yeah. they don't know. Yeah. And I, and I mean that in a, in a benign yes. way. I don't yes. mean it in a, in a mean way. Right. And then there's people that are like, they know, but they're being really calculated with what they say and what they do and gaslighting yeah. and manipulating and everything like that. Like, I think there's yeah. different levels. And so I'd like to believe that there is a, a majority of people, a large majority of people that aren't, do not have an unhealthy relationship with the news and the social media and everything like that, like I do, and does not follow a broad, diverse uh, spectrum of like left, right, and center, yeah. because I'm very, very conscious about doing that. And so they don't see things. Yeah. You know I would agree. I, I do think that can happen where they haven't seen the videos, you know, and, and they, know they're that, not following like libs of TikTok exactly. on Twitter and, and, and see if they hear from their friends that libs of TikTok, for example, is just a hateful account. Right. And so there's like, well, anything that they put, but guys, they're literally posting like <laughs> just the and videos. I, and I know that almost for a fact, because I've seen videos of people going, oh, what do you think of X, Y, Z and yeah. drag, drag queen yeah. story hours specifically, or yeah. drag brunch or uh, all ages events or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I think it's completely fine. And then they show them the videos yeah. that you and I have seen. Right. And they're like, right. well, that's not okay. Yeah, yeah. That's not. But so that's the thing. I like, I really think that there is well, a Well, maybe of- as a part of this, we should find some and link them in the comments. Oh, for, for sure. This. I because have a, I have a whole thread. Some examples. Like- <laughs> because I do think you're right. And again, for this conversation for the people who are listening, and I know we're like deep into the conversation yeah, here. Yeah, we're gonna I, we're like, gonna tie it is, up here and I like think the whole five like, hours long. But like if you've made it this far and you're like still don't believe us, we should put this at the beginning. But um you know we should put some examples because there could be people listening to this who are like, I don't I've never seen what you're talking about. It doesn't exist. You're making a mountain out of a molehill. This is not a big not a big deal. And I would say it works maybe potentially both ways though, Mercedes, in that like are we overexposed to those particular Now, what this stuff happening one time is 
one time too many, but are we seeing, because we feel like, you know, we're, we are exposed to these videos or we have seen them on social media, but is it not representative of well, and I had this 95% time. of the time, you know, I don't know. I, I literally asked this. I was asked, I was talking about this with my husband literally uh-huh. this morning, not even kidding about a different subject, same idea. And, um, cause I, I sent you that video and I, I don't want to go down this, but that video of the man in the subway yelling at the couple with the baby. Yes. That was, and this, it, this is like, this was a race issue. It was a, a yeah. black man yelling really like really upsetting and hateful things at this young family. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so I was asking my husband this morning, I'm like, am I is and I've seen more of that type of content along with like the drag queen thing and the, you know, things with kids and the transgender stuff. And so, and I, and I am, I'm asked, I was asking him because I am hyper aware that I consume more than the average person. Right. Right. And because I consume more than the average person, because it's the, it's, I want to inform. So, you know, the unfortunate byproduct of that is that I have to you know, consume it in order to inform about it. Yeah. Um, am I seeing more because it is actually happening more? Right. Or, or am I seeing more because it's who I follow and who's at the top of my algorithm? The algorithm, yeah. And 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 that's what's getting. But the thing is, is that if I I would feel like then I would see the same general story, like the same event. Let's put it that way. I would see the same event multiple times. Mm-hmm. And the case is that, and they're all or, different. Yeah. They're all different. Mm-hmm. And they're, but they're current. Do you know what I mean? So it'd yeah. be different if it was True. like, I was True. seeing, um, a video of something happening th- two or three years ago. Yeah. And it just made it to the top of my algorithm again. And that's the other right. thing. Cause a lot of people don't do this, but I check to make sure like I, it's a recent video, the video and make sure that it's a recent video. So either yeah. I check for news stories to see if there was a previous news story about it, or I pick apart the video to see like if there's technology or some kind of reference or something like that within the video that can kind of set the time for it. Like this yeah. is, I'm kidding. This is what I'm doing because I don't want to get worked up and get worked up about it be a non-issue. Yeah. Five like years six, ago, five years ago. And so and I, I'm seeing it happening constantly now. I do think that what you're saying is very, very true, though, because I got to believe I got to believe some of the people in my comment sections are just unaware, haven't seen the videos. I can I have to believe they're not seeing the same things that I've seen and then being like, this is this is fine you know, or it doesn't happen, you know, it, cause it, that means that, that we're, we're just wildly really. And I'm sure I know there's people that I'm really far apart. Like we are really far apart. Um, particularly the people that are in the videos that I've seen and they are taking their kids to these types of things. But, you know, just in terms of the people who almost seem like in complete denial, maybe it's not denial. Maybe they really, they have, I have had that same thought. Like, I just don't think that everyone is exposed to these videos because well, they're consuming social media in a different way than, or they have a than I life. am. Like yeah. I joke, I don't have a life. Yeah. I don't have kids. Yeah. I got to find something to do with my time. And I have decided that what I'm going to do with my time 
is consume this garbage so I can digest <laughs> it and make it into information versus noise for people. Like yeah. that's, that's yeah. kind of like my goal. Well, and I have a lot of friends too, who don't, who are too, like you and I have talked about, um, and myself included sometimes, well, it is, it's too much and they don't want to consume it. So they choose not to consume it. So they don't, they really don't know what's going on, um, or are too busy to, to, want to take the time to process it, which again, is kind of the, one of the reasons that we're wanting to have you and I have these conversations. Well, and that's, um, that reminds me of something that I was going to say that I had, I lost my thought there for a second, but you know, and that's fair. Cause people like, it is easy to get burnt out on all of yeah. this. You know what I mean? For Especially sure. if you are a mother with children and your focus is like your, like your own sanity, your children, your house, like your husband, you know what I mean? Like, you know, especially yeah. as, as women, like I'm always so jealous of my husband because I can see his mind focus on one thing. Like I can yeah. see it happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus like my brain has like 50 tabs open. Yeah. Mine too. All the, all time. the time. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, you know, there are some tabs that I just don't have time to look at, you know, yeah. and that's fair. Um, which is why I do what I do because I try and make it small and digestible for people to access. But I do provide like a little bit of a warning because a lot of times what ends up happening is like people are like, oh, well, it's just small. It's not that big of a deal. Or, you know, it's it's not uh plur or like it's it's not um as uh expansive as you're making it out to be. You know what right. I mean? However, you and I were talking about this. Like I've been in consuming this for years, right? And and you reached out and you're like, I was doing research for something and I had no idea that this, you know, started like back in 2016 yeah. or something like that. You know what I mean? I think you were talking about we were talking about the trans right uh issue or whatever. Yeah. Of of trans women, um, men like being nominated as like women of like right. prominence or whatever. Um, and it is. And so it's a reminder because then I pointed out to you, yeah, but this actually all started back in almost like 2008, 2010, started to get really high in like 2014. And now this is where we are yeah. like now. Right. Because I've said in my brain, I feel like some of this that we're talking about and you're talking, this wasn't necessarily in relation to just to, to drag, but just the conversation on transgenderism, I felt like in my brain was very new meaning this is a conversation that's really come about in the last three to five years but the reality is is that this has been a long time coming and what i was searching for was magazine covers with representing trans women as just women like featuring trans men dressed as up as women on magazine covers on women's magazine covers calling the women and all of the examples that I found were from like 2016. And that was what was like 2016, 2014. And that was what was like, wait, what? Like, well, I just don't remember it happening. You yeah. Know? Well, um, and I would say like, it's important to kind of at least, you know, not burn yourself out, but still keep a toe to be a little bit aware because so you don't get caught on the back foot on how it changes. Because I wouldn't say like, transgender transsexual is a brand new thing within the lab. No, it's been, it's been happening. 
I don't know, for ages, right? Well, sure, yeah. But, but they've changed the language. Exactly. Yeah. It's the ch- what the issue is is that not only have they changed the language, but they've changed the condition. I don't like I don't even know if that's the right word, but before it was about helping someone feel comfortable or dealing with a mental health issue. Yeah. Well, Versus yeah. now it's just there. It's just, oh, their mind doesn't match up with their body. And it's important that we affirm as opposed to try and go through treatment first. And, and, and that ultimately the mutilation of your body, because there's really no other way to describe it, um, is, is the only solution. And, yeah. and that has happened with the passing of time and a change and in, in twisting of language. Yeah. Yes. And I, and again, that moves more into the trans conversation yeah. than necessarily the, um, well, and they're doing the same thing with drag and yeah. that's why I'm bringing it up. It's yeah. like, you know, you want to kind of say like, Oh, it's not really that big of a deal. Like it just started off with drag Queens doing story hour. Like that. Cause that's not new. That right. that's you know been happening for a while now, um, so it's like no, it's not that big of a deal. To now, all of a sudden, you know, yeah, maybe in the beginning they were just reading the Three Little Pigs dressed up in drag, to like now they're reading books about you know how like colorful and wonderful it is to be a trans person or a gender non-conforming person, and that twerking is an art form and that, you know, you, maybe if you are a small child that wants to dance up on a stage for tips, it's okay. Yeah. No, like that's like, that's where I'm talking about. It's like, it's the, it's, if you completely shut yourself off, the progression catches you off guard. And then the next thing, you know, we're fighting over legislation yeah. Of like whether or not these, you know, drag can be performed in front of children. Yeah. So, so drag queen story I started in 2015, which isn't that long ago. But I feel like it actually maybe started a little bit before that, but I mean, uh, the official word on the street is 2015 in San Francisco. There's a okay. shocker. Okay. Well, yeah, big surprise. So anyways, we could go, like, I feel us going into, there's so many conversations that this could yeah. spout off into. So we'll probably, I don't know, be here same time tomorrow. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a good spot to end because I do think we want to move into, again, more of just the gender ideology, trans um, conversation and it is interwoven into drag, but they are also, they're different, different, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, so I I think it's probably a good stopping point for today. So that was fun. Yeah. So hopefully people are like these two crazy ladies went off on 15 different <laughs> well, again, and and it's it's how I started out the show, but the topics are big and they are complex and they are all spider webs. They're, so they are real. So, you know, we're trying to kind of trying to carve out and have a conversation about drag today, um, but it is also intertwined with many other 
topics, um, such as gender ideology and, and all of that. So I think that they, they are, they're just big topics. And so it's kind of hard to keep it like, you know, super focused on the one thing, but I think it also does help again, to try to step back and look at how it is all also, you know, tied together and really a part of all of the kind of the same really agenda, I guess, is what I would say. So, well, and I just, I'm hoping that by someone listening to this conversation that if they find themselves hearing something either on the news or on social media, or even in a conversation that they can feel a little bit like they'll remember something that we said and a point that was made and and can actually engage in a conversation. I am a big proponent, even though I like to stir the pot on Twitter because it's a cesspool over there and I like to poke the bear over there. You wouldn't think, but I do think it is a lot better to have like civil conversation and understand, even if you don't agree, understand what the argument is from the other side. Sure. So that way you're better informed on like what you are thinking and what you believe. Because there's probably things here that I said that you guys, like whoever's listening is not going to agree with. Yeah. Um, And if so, please feel free to message me because I love to hear from people that don't agree with me. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're nice. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And we will definitely do this again. And thank you for everyone for listening. And we would, of course, love to hear from you and, you know, comment on the show and the podcast within subscribe, subscribe sub stack so that we can, you know, continue this conversation. And I, I know Mercedes does as well, but like love to hear your thoughts again, whether in agreement or disagreement. So, yeah. All right. You can uh, find me, um, on Instagram primarily at it's Mercedes. Um, hopefully Jen can leave a link down below. Yeah, for sure. And that's also my website and everything. So super easy to find me. I have a weird name. It's not hard to find me. (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you so much. And we will talk to you guys again. Awesome. Bye. All right. Bye.